What's good, family? Every day, God gives us something to live on, grow on, and be blessed with. And we want to share that with you. Every day is a testimony. Branton and I have been able to grow from each other as God continues to show up in our lives. We just want people like you to have a chance to be impacted by our day-to-day interactions with each other and with Christ. So let's get it. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, um, uh, old people and young people, welcome back to the Loat Podcast. The Loat. So, um, <laughs> we always like do like you know. First, I want to say I like how you switched it up. We had to, you know, in, like you know, just inclusive, like old people and yeah, young yeah. people, like yes. that. That was fire. I, I like that. You know. Yeah. I like, I we might need it. to keep that in a rotation. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because I think inclusivity is very important in this generation. You know, it's a, it's definitely a topic up there for discussion. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'll tell you that, brother. <laughs> oh, man. I think we were planning on doing another little, like, jingle when we came on, but we'll save that for next time because we're, we're trying to... We're trying to work out this little, like, lope jingle so then whenever you hear us come on, you're like, oh, like... I think what was it like? We load or like I load? I don't know. See, we gotta we gotta write the city in, bro. It's gotta be something like like so like you know how like you know you're a little musician yourself, right? Uh-huh. Like we could have like a little like you know like vocal instrumental like doo doo, and then like you go in is like the load, bro, bro. That might be something. That might be okay. something, you know. Let me not get okay. ahead of myself. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All we can say is tune in for the next episode. We might have something for you in terms of the lyrical. We might have something um, in the bag, you know. Yes, but this podcast is not about me singing or Tiso singing. Uh, this is about Lote living out a testimony. And as always, we love to, you know, of course, welcome everybody who's listening to this podcast. Um, yes. We just also want to praise God. Like, I mean, we're on episode four of season two of Lote. And God has already been moving, man. Like, Tiso, what you got to say about this season so far? I was reflecting a little earlier, um, and I was thinking about something a friend said. You know, usually as people, like, even, like, in the time that we live in, we want everything to be so picture perfect. So to, like, you know, even broadcast something that you've been doing, like, you want it to be at, like, its perfect state to say, hey, look at what, you know, it's been going in my life, right? But, you know, I just want to say, like, you know, like, I'm thankful to God because it definitely took a lot of courage just to, you know, even start, like, this platform that we got going on. And then yes. even just, you know, I know, like, my type of personality. I know not like you. Like, just wanting things to just be so, like, yo, straight and narrow and broadcast, you know, what we would think is, like, mediocrity, bro. Like, I think it's just, it took a lot of courage to get there. And that's just a blessing from God because, you know, we're recognizing that. It won't be perfect the first time. It won't be perfect the second time. It probably will never be perfect. But every single episode, it gets better. And I'm thankful for that, man. Yeah, no, I agree. And I I think it's been cool how we went from, you know, just having, you know, phone conversations back and forth that would span like three hours to us now, like having a literal podcast where we just... Of course, we're not talking for three hours. (laughs) If if this is your first time listening to this podcast, just know we we don't talk for that long. (laughs) But no, nah, I think at it's least not recording. Yeah, yeah, at least not recording. At least not. Recording. 
but yeah, it's it's been such a blessing. And, and you know, season two, you know, we've been able to bring on so many speakers. Like we had D come on first, talk about counseling and, and how important it is to know like what help is just in general and the resources there are. Um, then we talked with Gabby. We talked with Gabby um, Speak Up. That was her episode. And we just talked about how important it is to just know when you need help and just say it. Because sometimes it, just finding the words is the very first step. And then last week um, episode, we talked about, um, or we talked with Grace, Grace Small. And that episode, oh my goodness. Oh, someone to lean on. Because that, that was mm-hmm. when I tried to sing that song. Um, what was lean it? On lean me. on me. Yeah. <laughs> when you're not strong. Yes. I'll be your friend. Oh, you're going to I'll be carrying on. All right. Because <laughs> <laughs> it won't be long. Oh, I'm going to need you are somebody so to lean on me. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Just call on yes. me, bro. I'm sorry. I'm going to stop. <laughs> I'm going to stop. I'm gonna stop. It's so now. good. No, but like that episode was so good too, because we just talked about like I think it's important to know that there are other resources out there to get help, but also you can you too can be someone to lean on and be someone that people can turn to. And guys, I'm gonna just say it. We're gonna segue. <laughs> We're gonna segue yes, into this episode. Guys, I'm so excited to introduce our guest. She is a great friend of mine. I've known her for four years. We've been through a lot together, lots of coding and, and dance, just just a lot. It's been a lot. So without further ado, uh, guest, could you tell us who you are, what you're doing now, and your favorite song at the moment? Yes. Uh, my name is Brooke Nixon. Uh, I met Brenton, yes, at CNU. We went to college together. Um, and yes, did have a lot of late nights doing random coding projects and uh, tons of other stuff. So super excited to be here. Um, I currently am a first year graduate student at Wake Forest University studying experimental psychology. Uh, it's my finals week right now, so things are a little intense, but but good. <laughs> and I'm excited for winter break soon. Um, and my favorite song, uh, because we're in the holiday season right now, I know that people can listen to this at any point, but right now it's just a few weeks before Christmas. So I've been listening to a lot of Pentatonix uh, Christmas covers. Um, my favorite right now is Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Mm, okay, I think I know that one. I think it's like, Merry Christmas. Come on. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. I know it's crazy. I, I somehow... Your version was just like better than the pentatonic version. Right <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, I've never heard that one before. You trying to sing it again, brother? Actually, if it's so much better than pen, pentatonic, like I think, I think we might. Yeah, oh <laughs> bells are ringing. It's time to scream and shout, and everybody's oh. playing because school is out. Celebrating oh. those special times we share. Happiness because love is in the air. Okay. With That's- the little hand just... That was nice. <laughs> <laughs> just let y'all know that is not how pentatonics goes. That is not... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was definitely the Brenton version. But it's a really good song. And what I actually... Now that I think about it, what we should probably do is even... Uh, put a link to everyone's like songs when they say their favorite one in the uh, bio of the podcast, so then people can tune in. So then they don't have to hear me try to <laughs> try to butcher the song. Nah, you do it so well, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Your version. Your 
Yeah, yeah, I like, I like, I like your rendition. Call it the, the, the BKD rendition. All right, I, I like that. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Well, enough of me talking. Um, going back to you, bro. Like, we're just so thankful that you're able to come onto the podcast with us. And yeah, I mean, you know, we've been through a lot, so it's been so cool to see how over the years you have grown, not only as a leader. Um, but just like as a woman of God in general, like you've just done so much in the community and you're so passionate. I'm like, listen, I got to have Brooke on a podcast. I have to. We have to. So without further ado, um, just like kind of build some background. This the title of this episode. Um, man, see, I'm still focused on that song. I, I was about to sing, uh, about to say happy holidays. Bless your heart. <laughs> Christmas spirit there. <laughs> yes. But that's how you know I'm getting through it. There we go. Segue. The title of this episode is. <laughs> I really pulled that one out of thin air. That was not. <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. Uh, but yes, the title of this episode is getting through it. Um, and I, I think like like I said, we we talked about you know counseling, you know resources. We talked about speaking up. And, you know, saying you need help. We talked about being someone to lean on, but then getting through it. Um, I, I think help is can go in two forms. You can either give help or get help. And I think certain experiences will allow us to recognize when help is needed, you know, through us or where, you know, other people can turn to us for help. So I think um, kind of going into this episode and, and kicking us off. Um, Brooke, I guess the first question we kind of wanted to ask you is what have been some of your highs and lows so far of studying to get your master's in experimental psych? Because I'm going to just say like already when you were like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm just going to Wake Forest, experimental psych. I was like, <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> literally like that is so cool. But like, I'm sure that that's not all sunshine and rainbows. Well, it's, uh, yeah, there are definitely some highs and lows, but um, yeah, Britta, I know you and I have had some interesting conversations, conversations about psychology before. Um, I just, yeah. I, I've been drawn to the topic for a long time. I think it's super fascinating to learn, um, obviously, more about human behavior and, and how we interact with each other. Um, but I love psychology, too, because it's so broad. Um, there are people in my program here who are interested in everything from uh, kind of more neurocognitive psychology, like using MRI machines. Um, there are people who are focused on um, kind of the intersection of like the political landscape with psychology and human behavior. Mm -hmm. um, my research is working with the intersection of um, human behavior and computers and technology. So um, yeah. I think it's so cool because you can kind of apply the field to um, anything really that we interact with in day-to-day in -day lives. Um highs and lows of the program. Um, I mean, it's been so cool getting to kind of fresh, have a fresh start. Um, I remember coming to CNU, it was pretty daunting because I didn't know anyone um, from my high school who went there, uh, which is why mm -hmm. it was so great to meet Brenton, another another <laughs> Marylander, because uh, yeah. most people had seen here from Virginia, so that's how Brenton and I connected. Um, yeah. So it's been kind of weird to have to start over again, especially once you, you know, graduate college and you have all these great connections and kind of your structure and your routine and um, that can be a little bit scary but I've been uh, really grateful because just the program's been awesome the people in my cohort are so nice I've really enjoyed my classes um, really enjoyed just the Winston-Salem community and just getting to kind of be a part of the Wake Forest community so um, overall it's, it's been really great so Brooke I have to know 
And with what I understand from experimental psych, given everything you just said right now, <laughs> and what I understand <laughs> from coding, given everything Branton has said, where is the connection? Like, how does one go from coding to experimental psychology? Like, computer like I understand it's JavaScript, but then and then I understand like there's the brain, but like the math yeah, ain't mathing. No, that's that's a, that's a good question. Um, so first, like experimental psych, and I think this is kind of a disconnect sometimes when I tell people that I'm studying experimental psych, I think people tend to conflate it with more like counseling psychology. Um, and so I'll get a lot of comments when I say I'm, I'm studying experimental psych and people will say stuff like, oh, so what am I thinking right now? Or, oh, so you can tell what's wrong with me. Uh, and I mean, other than just trying to be like a good listener, not really, it's not really <laughs> what we study. So uh, experimental psych focuses much more on kind of the um, the scientific like the empirical experiments that tell us about psychological phenomena um and so mm. a lot of my classes are focused on not only learning what those concepts are but also learning things like how can we effectively design experiments and do statistical analyses to see okay. kind of what these findings are um in terms of applying it to um, computers and technology uh, the field is super broad in how people do it. There are some people who study things like, you know, how can we design websites so that they're user-friendly? Like, where should different buttons go so it's easy for people to find them? Um, there are people who look at impacts of early technology exposure on things like child development. Um, my research, um, when I finished out CNU, what I'm most likely going to continue here at Wake um, is focused on uh, social mimicry applied to computer-mediated communications. Um, and so the idea that when we text people or email, um, we have tendencies to kind of mimic their behaviors or their texting styles and that it can impact uh, perceptions of that person that we're communicating with. Um, so it's been kind of cool because it coincidentally, we started doing that research right before, maybe it was right around when the pandemic hit. Um, and so we kind of didn't know just how much we were about to be thrown into this digital landscape. So it's been kind of cool to get to research what communication has looked like there. That is super cool. Can I just say what, what, uh, can I just say what, what Brooke just was talking about with like the mimicry that's called the chameleon effect. She's not going to shout herself out, but her, her, um, I don't even know what the right word is. Her document, her her writing has just been so amazing on that. And like we, I know we had like multiple conversations about the chameleon effect and just the research you've you found and everything. And that that just blew my mind when we started going over. That. I was like, wow, like I never really thought about you know human interaction in that way. And like, yeah, sometimes we do really we do copy each other when we're texting each other and like we send emojis and like I'm not really an emoji sender, but if you send me one, then you know I sometimes like you I'll too. you know yeah, yeah like it's. Yeah. Like, wow. So now what what you think, Tiso? Experimental yeah, That's pretty cool. Like, honestly, so <laughs> I'm currently taking a, a biostatistics class right now. And we're learning about, you know, just like looking at experiments and, you know, uh, just the data that it entails and having to like read that data, you know, looking at different tests, like the chi-square test, you know, um, the odds ratio, you know, tests, you know, X, Y, Z, there's a plethora of them. Um, but just you saying that is like, wow, there is something more to just bias statistics. <laughs> like you take you take a class like that with, you know, little to no interest. And then you run into somebody that, you know, talks about something you've learned in class. You're like, there's actually more than this class. <laughs> Who would on? <laughs> no, but yeah. that was really that was really interesting, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Uh <-huh. laughs> Yeah, that is so good. It's so good. And you know what? I think 
Um, of all the people that I know, Brooke is one of the most like rigorous and like driven people that I know. I mean, literally, she will put her mind to something and keep going. Like, yes, it might be hard and difficult, and like we're all like, how are you even doing it? But she just does it. And I mean, the amount of listen, if you type in her LinkedIn, oh my goodness, you would be, be like, can I be tutored by? Like, can I be mentored? Like, the amount of accolades and things that she has done has just been so. Awesome. I know she's not going to hype herself up right now, but like God has blessed her so much with all the opportunities and doors that she's op- that he has opened in her life. Um, but I think, you know, uh, Brooke and I, you were, ooh, Brooke, you and I were having a conversation um, at one point and you had said a drop in the bucket is all it takes to make a steady stream. Um, when no, as we were talking and we were just talking about like getting through it and experimental psych and the highs and lows of all that, how do you think you've seen that quote play out in your own life? Yeah. Of like, you know, a, a drop in the bucket to make a steady stream. Yeah. I, um, I think when we were in that conversation, the context I was talking about that, um, was in relation to some volunteer work that I had done, um, in Haiti and, and when I think of that quote, um, I mean, I think it can certainly be applied to everyday life as well. But um, I just think of that mostly in terms of when you when you look at like some of the biggest, the most daunting problems, whether that's something in your life um, or even I think of it more just in terms of like social issues that really kind of plague the world right now. Um, in the United States, certainly um, looking around the world, um, been following a lot of what's been happening in Iran and um, China and certainly in developing nations like Haiti. Um, sometimes it's really hard because you look at those issues and it, it just seems um, honestly kind of hopeless. Um, like some some problems that you look at just seem so entrenched that it's, it's sort of like you don't even know where to start for how mm-hmm. anything could possibly um, begin to address them. Um, and so when I think of those kinds of issues and again, kind of following um, some experiences that I had when I was in Haiti, um, I just try to hold on to that, I guess, as a sentiment to know that, um, you know, sometimes we, one person alone or one action alone can't um, actually be what makes all the difference, but it can be a starting mm-hmm. point, And that starting point um, can kind of engender a lot of future actions that could be what end up changing it. So um it's a, yeah, it's a good sentiment, I think, to kind of hold on to. Yeah. Hmm. That's really good. A drop in the butt. I don't know why, like, I think when we were having that conversation, I mean, honestly, that whole night, like, you were really dropping a lot of stuff. I started taking a bunch of notes because, listen, I, all I can say is I will continue to gas broke up because she, like, just the amount of wisdom that she has sometimes, she's not, she's not going to vouch for herself, so I have to. <laughs> but, like, it's so, so much wisdom. And, like, when she had said that, I just thought about, like, Tiso, feel free to jump in, too. But, you know, um, when I think, like, a drop in a bucket, like, it's a drop. You know what I mean? Like, this, it's just, in a, in a, if we're thinking of a bucket, literally, and we put one drop in a bucket, that, like, ah, didn't really make that much of a difference. But really, if you do that over time and you continue to push and continue to, you know, like go through those experiences and, and learn from them. And like, I, I think that's, you know, as Brooke was saying, that's how a steady stream is created. So I think that's that's just so powerful. And there's there's so many ways that, you know, we can use. And honestly, we could probably have to spend the whole episode on that one. Like, there's so much in there. But man, too, so I'm going to let you speak. You seem like it kind of makes something. me think of the butterfly effect where... It's like, you know, just mm. you 
you do something, you know, not even even with the thought process of it going anywhere, but just with, you know, saying, you know, hopefully maybe something, but I don't know. And then you just, you know, keep it pushing. Um, And then eventually that once more something, you know, somewhere down the line is like, you know, you have a look at God moment, you know. Um, so, yeah, no, I think just even even like taking that time out, you know, um, to say you're in, you know, you're at the grocery store, you know, it's as simple as just being nice and telling somebody to have a great day. You know, that could be the difference between mm. that person, you know, um, like being on the verge of something really bad or, you know, thinking about it to them seeing, you know, just a little bit of hope and a little bit of light in their day. It's like when Brenton called me today, you know, I wasn't, I mean, I, I particularly wasn't having a bad day today, but, you know, he called me. He was like, hey, like, I was just thinking about you. Like, how you holding up? You know, like that, like, just made, you know, all that much of a difference. And, you know, I was even more excited to come and record today, you know. So it just, it, it's like those little things that, you know, we try to be intentional about. That's what we throw around here all the time, intentional, right? Just those little things that we try to be intentional about, the, you know. Yeah. They may amount to something, they may amount to nothing, but it's not going to hurt you being intentional about what you're doing. Yeah. I kind of think too, like to that same sentiment of the the butterfly effect, sometimes it's kind of incredible to think about one sort of seemingly minor decision putting your own life path on a totally different trajectory. Um, and I think um, like we've probably all had those moments. I know for me, one I always think about is that I never had any intention to do research or even really study psych in college. Um, and it was actually this like scheduling error that happened my sophomore year that sort of, you know, we've all had those like fun scheduling times where you have a mistake and then it messes up your, literally your entire schedule. It's like a domino effect. Um, and so I had to change like four of my classes and I ended up getting put in this one called mind readers that I had really, mm. I mean, I guess it's just as much interest as any other uh, seminar that I need to take that semester. And that was the class that uh, introduced me to this concept that made me really fall in love with research and introduced me to the professor who um, I did a lot of my work with in undergrad and uh, what, you know, kind of encouraged this pathway for me to now be at Wake Forest. And so sometimes it's kind of crazy to think about because it's like if that scheduling error hadn't happened, I guess, three years ago, I would not be sitting here right now. I don't know what I'd be doing. And it doesn't mm. necessarily mean that it would be something worse. But it is kind of crazy how those things happen in life where one seemingly small decision or um, mistake or um, blessing or anything could totally put you on a different it's, trajectory. It's one of those things where... yeah. We, you know, we're like, and and this is like like uh, a season uh, that I'm currently going through right now and something that I'm learning. But like, you know, just almost like being in the moment of something, you know, and falling in love with the mm, particular okay. journey that you're on. Because with that being said, you know, you end up finding stuff like, you know, you know, your major um, and where you at right now. I know, like, particularly for me, I even... About three years ago, I ended up taking the major that I'm in right now, biophysical sciences. Um, and I thought what I wanted to do was become a psychiatrist. I ended up taking a nutrition course. Um, I think, I think, I think I took that nutrition course because I 
you know, at the time I was um, still a collegiate athlete and I was just interested to see, you know, uh, how I could use nutrition to be better. And in doing so, I actually ended up finding that, Mm -hmm. hey, I really love this nutrition stuff. You know, I could actually see helping people with this nutrition stuff. Let's see what's going on with this nutrition stuff. And, you know, now if you give me the day in a light to talk about nutrition, man, I could talk your ear off. So I'm just going to stop that right there. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, man, that's so good. I was just encouraged. See, there's certain moments where I just (laughs) don't need to say anything because I think y'all like that just, ah, man, that was so good. Wow. That is so true, though. When you are sometimes when you're in the moment in certain situations, when you are outside of those situations and you're either going through something else or doing something else, sometimes those very moments can help you stay on track with what you're doing right now. Like you guys just said, you know, like, you know, Brooke, yeah, there's like a scheduling conflict and everything. And like, you know, it redirected your path and everything. But now, like if you're, you know, of course, experimental psych and you're like, what? Man, I'm writing this paper finals week. Like, why am I doing this? Do you remember like, Hold on. Like, if I really, if that would have never happened, I really, I, I don't know. I might never have been here, you know? So that's. No, it's so a really cool. cool perspective thing to just look back. And and then it, uh, I think it's cool too to like look forward to the future because uh, it's crazy to think, you know, three or four years ago, it sounds like none of us really knew. Actually, Brenton maybe did. Brenton, I think, wanted to be a computer engineer like from the start. But oh, for us, at least, you know, we we had a different pathway in mind. And, um, and it was cool to see how like different decisions and interactions and just being intentional and being present in the moment um, kind of helped shape those. So it's it just makes the future kind of exciting because it just makes me think, you know, like what else is going to happen that I don't even, you know, four years from now and I'm looking back, what will I know then that makes now seem so crazy? Like what, what things haven't happened yet that are going to, you know, shape my pathway a different way. So um, it's yes. cool to, yeah, not only reflect on, but just kind of makes the future exciting too. Yeah. Hmm. I agree. And you know what I feel like in the future, if I don't see you at a TED talk, Brooke, I'm going to be very, I will, I will submit you myself. <laughs> like, I will recommend you <laughs> to TEDx. <laughs> hey, listen, listen, I would love to do that. <laughs> we could tag team. It's a tag tag. <laughs> that's, that's what they're going to call hey. it. Tag tag. <laughs> Tag tag. Oh, I see. (laughs) Y'all heard it first, y'all. Listen. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. Hmm. So speaking of, you know, us like being in the moment and how, you know, those times we're in the moment can sometimes shape our lives in the future. Um, Brooke, I know a little bit before you had mentioned um, your experience in Haiti. Um, and I know this is definitely a really huge experience that kind of, you know, shaped your life um, for the better. But I'm sure in the moment you were like, oh, my goodness, like what what is this and how is this even going to, you know, propel me forward in life? So um, please, if, if you would, you know, share about your experience in Haiti, 11 days in Haiti campaign campaign. And, you know, what did that kind of teach you about God, the world and, you know, help in general? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So like I mentioned, the summer going into my freshman year at CNU, so it was summer of 2018, I just graduated high school. um, I went on what was supposed to be a week long um, volunteer trip to St. Mark, Haiti. 
at the time I graduated from a Catholic high school and my um, religion teacher was uh, going to be leading the trip and she had kind of told our classes about it. Um, and so one of my best friends and I um, from Maryvale, where I graduated from, decided um, to go on this trip. And my, my hope for it at the time um, was really nothing more than I just felt like it was important to kind of see and experience the world and really know uh, just how how big and vast it was before kind of embarking on the new journey of college and um, thought it could just yeah. be a cool way to kind of like ground myself and uh, maybe inspire some new thoughts for what I might want to do, um, what I wanted my career, my college career to look like. Um, so I went on this mission trip and the goal of it was to run a summer camp for some fourth and fifth graders at a school there um, called Le Bon okay. Samaritan School. The school itself um, was founded by a Haitian doctor who came to the United States, United States, um, Dr. Mortel, and he started the Mortel High Hopes for Haiti Foundation. And the foundation has founded a couple schools in Haiti. Um, and so just like the U.S., they have school during the year. Um, and then during the summer, um, as a way to kind of keep the kids engaged, they have um, these summer programs that people from the U.S. typically go and run. Uh, something that's kind of interesting about the um, Mortel schools, I mean, in general, Haiti is, it's hard to even kind of describe because it's just so different from anything like our lives here. Um, like, it, mm. it's probably so foreign to us to even think about the idea of not going to school as an elementary schooler, but school is not uh, very common in Haiti. Um, it's not a governmental requirement or anything like that. Um, so really it's seen as a privilege. It's mostly the the most well-off families are able to send their kids to private school. Um, so what the Mortel Foundation does that's so neat is they are able to go kind of into the communities and really find like the poorest of the poor families and give um, their kids an opportunity to go to school to try to break some of those most deeply rooted cycles of poverty there. Um, and mm. so- you know, not only does it give them an education, which is one of the most incredible things that um, they could get for a better life, um, but also, you know, they get uniforms, um, they get food at the school, um, things that, again, we just take for granted, but, um, you know, rates of, of people um, dying just from not having food available in Haiti are, are uh, very sad to think about. So um, when we were there, you know, we ran the summer camp for them. It was super fun. Uh, we did like English stations. We did game stations, uh, music stations. So it was a really fun time. And we also got to take some excursions and kind of really see what um, life there was like. Um, we got to go to church mm -hmm. there. It was really just a, a super enriching, super positive experience. Until, yeah. um, I don't even want to say until, like it shifted, but it, it was definitely <laughs> uh -oh. an unexpected change, I guess. Um, so the day that we were scheduled to leave um, was July 7th. Um, and on that day, or I guess the day before, um, some pretty massive riots broke out um, among the Haitians in response to what was really many years of deep-seated government corruption. Um, the sort of like latest drop in the bucket for them um, was that they had... Um, spiked the gas prices. I think they had like doubled them overnight with no warning. Um, and again, for, you know, a place where the average salary is just a couple dollars a day, having something like gas prices doubled is uh, absolutely devastating um, and would mm. ruin um, many people's uh, ways of getting to work and things like that. And so um, some really, really violent uh, riots and protests broke out. Um, there were um, tires burning in the streets and there were, um, uh, just mobs of people out kind of like in the Capitol. Um, in the midst of all of this, the president of Haiti just 
up and left and like went to a vacation home in the Dominican Republic. So people were mad about that too. I I mean, it was just um, crazy. And probably the crazier thing is we didn't even really know that this was happening because we didn't have any cell service or anything like that. Um, I had my phone with me, but we didn't have any kind of international plan. So I had no idea this was happening. The morning that we were scheduled to leave, we could all tell like something was off. Like the chaperones weren't telling us something, but we didn't know what. And we packed our stuff Mm -hmm. up and we put it in the van and we said our goodbyes to the kids. And then we just kind of stayed there. We like couldn't find the chaperone. So we were just hanging out like in the courtyard of the school, had no idea what was going on. And um, eventually I saw one of them kind of come out from like the, an, an office at the school and she just looked like super pale, super stressed. Like I could tell something was wrong. Um, so she told us about these protests and um, because of the protests, the U.S. had suspended all flights um, to Haiti. So we were unable to make our flight to get home. We had just given away like all of our extra food and snacks to the kids. Um, You know, I can communicate with my family uh, to even tell them that I was okay. Uh, It was just uh, a lot. And over the next few days, it was pretty tense because we had several attempts, I think three attempts total to try to make it to the Capitol to leave. Mm. Um, And in each of the first three, we were met with um, such violent interactions trying to get there that it wasn't safe and we had to turn around and go back to the school. Eventually, we were able to leave on the 11th day. Um, so we ended up spending 11 days there. And um, and I just remember kind of coming back. Like, I very clearly remember as we were taking off in the airplane. And you, you can see, um, especially like an island, you can see it gets smaller and smaller as you go up. And I just remember sitting there and being like, this is so unfair. Like, why is it that, you know, after four days, we get to just leave and go back to safety and go back to our families and to unlimited food and water and and hot showers and everything else and for all the people that we're leaving behind that you can visibly see getting smaller and smaller it's turmoil for them and and no one's there to help Um, their own government abandoned them in their time of need Um, and it was just one of these uh, like how do you even begin to, to grapple with that of like, sort of like the guilt that comes of like, why is this fair? Why do I get to go home? Why is this happening to them? Um, and so, um, you know, I, I went to CNU and um, was able to sort of settle into a routine there, but it always bothered me thinking about that um, as I think it should. I think uh, sometimes like having things yeah. that bother you and that you can't let go is, is really just an inspiration for you to, to do something about them because it shows that you care and that it's connected with you. Um, and so the summer going into my uh, sophomore year, I believe, or maybe junior year, um, my friend and I who were on that trip, we started a campaign called the 11 Days in Haiti campaign um, that aimed to raise funds and awareness about Um, our experience in Haiti, about the culture of Haiti, what the experience um, in the present day is like, um, sharing the stories of the kids who go to school there, um, just in hopes of kind of educating people about um, what the reality can be like in other areas of the world. Like, I think it's so easy, and I do this all the time, I think everyone does, um, to just get so wrapped up in our own little bubbles of life that we forget just how blessed we truly are. I mean, the things that are just so easy to take for granted, like I said, the fact that I walked into this room and turned the lights on and then I opened my laptop and it had Wi-Fi connection and, you know, I have like clean water right here next to me. I mean, these are things that we just never think twice about. Um, but just a couple thousand miles away, the reality is so different. Um, and so 11 days for me has been um, not only a way to hopefully kind of start that drop in the bucket um, that I hope will later become a stream, um, but also just a way to kind of 
keep connected with Haiti and with the mission and with something that um, really means a lot to me. Well, mm. you know, um, <laughs> wow. so I grew up in a third world country for about half my life. Um, and I grew up, you know, just experiencing some of the things that you mentioned. You know, I, I grew up having like friends that were like, like really impoverished. Um, and while I was definitely blessed to, you know, be like, even like in the middle class, going through an experience like that places, you know, like, like, like you put it, you know, just, um, compassion, like it gives you a sense of compassion for, you know, people, you know, in such like situations. And the way that I expressed it when I was younger is, you know, if I had a birthday, I made sure that I invited everybody because I never liked, you know, I personally don't like being left out um, while I'm making my peace with it. That was also translated in not having others being left out. If everybody could eat, then I'm not the only one that's going to be eating. You know, we all going to eat together. Um, but even just, even just, you know, taking appreciation of like, the little things that you pointed out, um, clean water, lights, Wi-Fi, clothes, food, you know, those are things that, you know, outside of some kind of, you know, life changing experience such as you had, um, we don't think about. I have a friend um, that just um, beat cancer for the second time. He, uh, he was dealing with leukemia and I was having a conversation with him a few days ago. He was like, man, I, it's, I'm really blessed to be here. Um, and it's almost funny because, you know, I find myself doing like, you know, old people habits. Like I'll just sit down, look at the trees and be super grateful because he's he's been down deep in a gutter, you know, to a point where he was like, yo, I don't know if I'm gonna wake up tomorrow, you know? Um, so just going through experiences mm -hmm. like that, wow, they are absolutely awful, you know? Um, there's always something, you know, when we do get the blessing to make it out, you know, there's always something, you know, to, to then reflect on and say, you know what, what I went through really sucked. There's no doubt about that. You know, um, what those kids are going through mm -hmm. really sucks. There's no doubt about that, but there's only some sense and some chance of just reflection. Like, Hey, this is how we could be better for you. It was starting the 11 days, uh, 11 days in Haiti. Right. Like you said, you know, so that is something, you know, yeah. great that came out of you just even experiencing, you know, that, um, how do I want to put it, you know, turmoil on, on those kids. So. Yeah, no, I, I think mm. uh, that is so true. And that um, a lot of what you said, um, I can really relate to because um, on, on a much smaller level, but I even remember like coming back and it's like, it's clear that you feel kind of disjointed with the rest of the world, um, but you don't quite know the best way to rectify that. So I found myself doing really dumb things. Like I would take cold showers instead of hot because I was like, well, it's not fair that I have hot water or I would like open the pantry and we'd have all this food and I wouldn't want to eat it because all I could think about was how it wasn't fair that, you know, the kids in Haiti didn't have it. Um, I think once you can put real images in your mind to these kind of abstract ideas, you know, yes, we hear that there's, third world nations and we hear that there are kids who don't have food, whatever. But um, 
it's it doesn't mean mm -hmm. as much until you see it with your own eyes and really understand what that's like. Um, and I kind of had to learn, you know, just because by me eating, I'm not taking away food from them. Um, by me going to school, I'm not taking away education from others. Um, it's nothing like that. It's just a matter of recognizing, I don't know why we were born um, with these opportunities, again, that uh, you, you know, we don't think twice about, I'm sure for most of the listeners, they can say the same things. Um, and sometimes mm -hmm. I think about that a lot of just uh, like why that's fair, why, you know, by, by nothing we ever said or did or controlled, we were just born into a place where there were certain things that we never had to think twice about. But what I do know is that you can kind of reframe that as, as an opportunity, um, and sort of using that privilege that we do have in order to try to enact some kind of change for those um, who weren't born in those same sets, we of were not born with um, mm. the same the same deck of cards. Like we are not dealt the same deck of cards. You know, mm -hmm. um, you could have a straight flush, whereas an, another person could just have a pair. You know, um, but it's what you do, which with with your with your set of cards. You know, it's how you use it. Um, that's gonna, you know, then in turn leave an impact, positive or negative. You know, um, so the the bigger blessing, right? It's not that you know, right? You had hot water, you had food, you had an education, right? But it's what you do with your hot water, how you show appreciation for it, how you show appreciation for the food that you have, how you show appreciation by using the education that you've been blessed with. You know. Absolutely. Yeah, that's so good. And by putting real images to abstract ideas, I think that was so powerful when you said that, because because you're right. I think sometimes we can watch on the news and just kind of see stuff happen. Like, man, that's that's crazy, mm -hmm. you know, but until we're really there and, you know, like really down in the ground and like we kind of are experiencing those things with those people and then we're, we step out of that and then we see, you know, our, we're in our regular lives and we're like, wow, like this is crazy. Like I didn't realize that, you know, people were going through this as I'm, you know, eating my cereal. Someone doesn't even have cereal. They don't even have bowls. Mm -hmm. Like it, I think it definitely puts a lot into perspective. And I don't know, I feel like this episode might even need to be switched from getting through it to like just being in the moment. Cause I think I just, I hear like when you were in the moment, you were able, cause I mean, the, I think what I can say is like the memory that you have on this, um, event and this like situation that happened to you is so profound because even now like that was in 2018 right yeah yeah like almost four years ago it's still something that like just stayed with you because in that moment you were there and you were interacting with the kids and just being in Haiti and just doing life with them so imagine you know in the future we continue to stay in every moment how that will shape the way we really look at life I feel like it could That's have so been good, easy bro. for you to mm. just focus on the byproduct of, you know, saying, I really hope and I can't wait till, you know, I go back home. Like, it could have been, like, super easy for you to do that, you know. But even, like, Brenton is saying, like, you know, just really, like, being engaged in the time and place that you're in and recognizing what you do have, you know, just, right, then amazing, you know, opportunities, like, 11 days in Haiti are then born from, you know, such, you know, terrible circumstances. Yeah. 
I, you know, I credit yes. that a lot to the leaders, honestly, too, because I, I recall being there and uh, it was definitely uh, a time of uncertainty and kind of chaos in some ways. And even then they were really kind of encouraging us to shift perspectives and, and reframe our thinking of, you know, this is an opportunity to be here more um, doing work that is clearly so important. Like for us all, it really underscored why the work that we were doing there was so critical because we were seeing firsthand um, the mm. negative byproducts that could come from certain worldly circumstances outside of people's control and why it was so important um, to to care about it and to know about it. Um, there's this proverb, it's a Haitian proverb, um, that roughly translates to beyond mountains, there are mountains. Um, kind of this idea, Brent, on something you were just saying kind of made me think of this of, um, yeah, sometimes you just like turn on the news and, and it's all too easy to be like, oh, there is a mass shooting. Oh, there is a bank robbery. Like, oh, look, there's another wildfire i don't know like fill in the blank of, of any disaster i feel like yeah. the world of the news is so plagued with um negatives and unfortunately it kind of desensitizes us to them such that when we see them it's almost kind of like what we expect so normalized um i think it's funny i think if you were to turn on the news and have them covering uh like a happier and optimistic story you would think something is off about that like you you would probably in your mind be like something's not right here because we're just so used to being kind of like bombarded with this negative um, news and um the proverb of beyond mountains there are mountains sort of speaks to that in a way of um sometimes it just feels like even when you are able to get to the peak of one mountain when you climb like your whole life and you make it to the top of the mountain finally all you see is just another mountain and then like not another yes. mountain. And you can just, and, and you can do two things oh, in, that, wow. in that set of circumstances. The proverb was, uh, it was the uh, kind of inspiration for a book by um, an incredible doctor named Dr. Paul Farmer, who did um, incredible um, medical aid work in Haiti and other developing nations. Um, and the idea was that Yes, you can either look at that as, okay, you get to the top of the mountain, you see that there's another mm. mountain, and so you just give up because this is ridiculous and I'm never going to make it anywhere. Or you can make it to the top of the mountain, see that there's another one, and say, okay, I, I can't. I can't use the time to stand here right now and admire what I've accomplished because there's more for me to do. So it's time for me to get started on climbing the next mountain. Um, and I think that that way of thinking is similar to the whole, you know, drop in the bucket can create a steady stream, but just another reminder of in these instances and circumstances that seem so hopeless, the answer isn't to just give up and run away from them. The answer is to, to try something. Even if you don't win, you know, some battles have to be fought more than once in order to be won. So I would rather be one that tries to fight one mm. of those battles instead That's of something that Branton and I um, call a so look good. at God moment where, you know, you can find yourself to be like in such what may seem from, you know, an outside perspective, daunting experience, right? But if you take a minute and just reflect from the inside out, you could be like, you could see it as, man, I am really blessed to, you know, just be, be here, you know? So then from that time and period, you know, even in that uncertainty of what will be next, you're almost forced to trust God you know, well, you're not forced to trust God, right? But the goal is to trust God that, you know, getting out of that situation, right? Something positive will come from that situation, A. And then also B, God is going to use that moment to help you be a blessing in another moment, right? And that's where, you know, when we get to that top of the mountain, we're like, man, 
I'm really thankful to God. Look at him for, you know, what he's helped me accomplish. Now it's time to climb another mountain. Yeah. Yes, that's so true. And what I can think of right now is, is Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9. It says, in their hearts, human humans plan their course, mm. but the Lord establishes their steps. Hmm. It's almost like God's kind of saying, like, you can make your plans to do what you want to do, but like I have the steering wheel. So I think you would benefit from life more if you were in every moment and in every because okay, here's the analogy. If I'm in the car and I'm in every moment and I, you know, I'm aware of this road, I'm aware of when there's certain turns on the road and like, oh, I gotta hang on because you know this might be bumpy here and there. So then if someone else gets in the car and they're fully new to it. I can be like, hey, you know, just want to let you know, it's going to be a little bumpy. We're going to make it to our destination, but it's it's going to be a little bumpy here in the A. Hey, watch out. Hold, hold on to this. Hold on to the uh, side of the car here, there. Like, and I, I think that's kind of an analogy of how when we are in the moment and we are truly just like, God, like, I don't know what's next, but I know that, you know, you have orchestrated this moment in such a way where I'm going to learn something like I'm going to learn. And that that's a hard state of mind to be at and Brooke I'm sure like in that moment you're like I just want to see my family you know what I mean but like like looking back on that like you like being in that moment and really like understanding the situation and then coming back and saying wow like what can I do like if you weren't in that moment and you were so focused on getting home then you would have never really been able to like take in everything the kids and and just that whole experience so I I think it's so powerful when we stop looking at what's next and we're like, all right, I'm here right now. What what can I take from this? Because I know somewhere down the road, either someone is going to need to hear this and they're going to be changed, or I'm just going to make an impact and someone's just going to be impacted by you know my story. So that's, that's yeah, so good. I agree. I, I hmm. uh, completely agree with what you were just saying um, in terms of, I have thought about this sometimes and I think that if this mission trip had gone to plan, like if we had come back on after a week, I I really don't think it would have impacted me nearly as much as it did. I think it would have just been kind of a, yep, that was what was supposed to happen and that was a good experience and I learned something and now I move on kind of thing. And I close that chapter because I, I, you know, did this yeah. and now it's done. So now I move to the next thing. Um, and so in that sense, yeah, in the, in the moment, uh, not the most fun, but um, it's, it's again, that kind of like re reshifting, reframing perspective to see what's positive um, about it and what, how you can make it a positive thing. And I think that um, by that same way of thinking exactly what you're saying of there's a lot of power to kind of living in the moment in terms of seeing what, um, what is God trying to tell you about your current path and your future path? Um, It can also really help you just reflecting in the past, like times when you feel lost or uncertain about what you're supposed to be doing in the present moment, being able to reflect back and think about what were the experiences that I've had that, um, you know, were impactful to me and how can I learn something from them? How can I go back to them? How can I um, do more yeah. with them? Because um, oftentimes if we're feeling lost, it's almost like we've already had an experience that's supposed to frame our pathway and we just missed it. Like we were just not living in the moment. So we, it just kind of like yeah. zoomed right by us. And so it can be Good too as like a reflection mm. tool. God is always going to use us. Yeah. Mm. And by that I mean like we have things that happen to us for us. We have things that happen because of us for us. And then we have things that happen to us 
for others. And then we have things that happen not even because of us mm. for others. Right. You know, like the experience that you, you know, went through in Haiti mm. had absolutely nothing to do, you know, with you, but it had everything to do, you know, with you, if that makes sense. Right. Because now 11 days of Haiti is, yeah. you know, have has been birthed from, you know, this this experience. Right. Mm. Now, had it been any other particular time. Right. You wouldn't yeah. have you know, said, Hey, you know, I want to be, you know, in XYZ place in the middle of riots, you know, not knowing when I'll see my family. No, that is not anybody's, you know, at least logical, like reasoning. Yeah, no, definitely. Such a, yeah, wow, yeah hmm. that was such a, I want to like get a quote of that. Um, Cause you're so right. Sometimes uh, things like, <laughs> It's not about you, but it is about you, but it's also about others. And sometimes it's hard to see in the moment which of those it really is, but they always kind of have a way of not only all working out independently, yeah. but also then working together. Um, like in this case, yeah, yes. it was it was a matter of in that moment, it was more, it, it didn't feel, I mean, it wasn't about us at all. And I don't want to say like, oh, it's about us now um, doing the campaign, but it's more about using that experience, like using us um, to try to promote something. So they, they always, you know, kind of come yeah. back as a circle and, and work back together. Yeah, that's so good. Well, listen, Brooke, it has been so good to have you on this podcast. I mean, wow. I mean, honestly, I already was about to like, I was going to talk to Tiso and see if we could bring you on for like another episode of some kind regarding psychology. Cause like, you know, I already like, Sometimes I've talked Brooke's head off about psych because I'm just so fascinated about it, but I don't know nothing about it at all. So I'll just like be asking her a bunch of questions. She's like, wow, yeah, no, that's really, mm. we just keep talking. He's very insightful. I will say that. <laughs> So yeah, no, we're we're gonna have to have you on it some other time. But Rick, listen, two things. Um, is that is there a link to that fundraiser or, or to the campaign? Is there a way we can? Yeah, still donate? absolutely. Um, the um, campaign link remains up indefinitely, and so it is. You can find it at eleven, the number eleven days in Haiti. Dot spelled W I X S I T E. dot com. Mm. Um, and yeah, okay. and you know, donations are always great. But I, I think also what's equally, if not more important, is just kind of immersing yourself in um, so many of the stories. We've worked really hard to put up not only our own stories, but also stories of people there, um, stories of um, of alum from the school, stories of the culture and the history of Haiti. Um, and uh, I'm a little biased, but I think it's you know just kind of interesting to learn about anyway, and just sort of broaden your worldview. So yeah, so I would love. Um, anyone who has a few minutes to to just check it out. Yeah, that's awesome. So I'm um, what we're gonna do is we're gonna put that link in the uh, podcast episode bio, so you can get a chance to you know everyone click on that. Please scroll through that. I I can't wait to scroll through that and just experience it. Um, and I think a last thing we kind of want to leave everyone with Brooke. You know, I know we've. We talked, you know, so much in this episode. It's been such a blessing. Um, and it's funny how we start off with, like, you know, we're you know, talking about, like, getting through this. And then, like, the conversation just shifted, like, being in this moment and how, like, being in this moment can, you know, change the, tra the trajectory of your life, you know, in a, such a positive way. So if if you could, even if 
if you can't do a one line, like, please feel free to <laughs> say as many lines as you like. But um, what do you think we could leave with our listeners about being in the moment? I would say, I think maybe um, someone, someone told me this a couple of weeks ago. I heard it in a speech or something. It was something to the effect of we learn the most when we talk the least. Um, and so just sometimes really living in that space, not making it about yourself, not, um, you know, being the last in the room, but really observing and taking in what's around you and seeing, reflecting on it and seeing how you can have it impact your life and the lives of others. Mm. wow that's so good yes that's so good wow well listen y'all y'all heard it here first brooke thanks again so much for coming on the podcast stay tuned because we, we definitely yes, would love, love to have you back, back on the podcast me. so <laughs> of course so without that without further ado y'all we we love y'all stay tuned for episode five of the low because Jesus is the goat. Yeah, talk to me. Lo- <laughs> Peace. <laughs> Love y'all. Peace. Hey, family! Thanks for listening to our podcast. Please join us every Wednesday at six PM for another great episode full of faith, life, and testimony. God is truly moving. And we're thankful that he has blessed us with this platform to share how he continues to move in our lives. Follow us at The Load Podcast on Instagram and click the link in our bio to stay updated on our content. May y'all continue to be blessed. Peace.